Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for July 26, 2018. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writers, Huay Tran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello. So uh, let's just jump into it, guys. Uh, we've got a bunch of news here. Let's start off with Netflix uh, basically licensing out a TV show to a cable channel, something I never thought we'd see. Chris, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, so Netflix um, has inexplicably sold the syndication rights to their animated series BoJack Horseman um, to Comedy Central, which, uh, as you just as, as you just said, Peter, I never thought this would happen since Netflix is you know sort of the an- the antithesis to regular TV, or as the official press release calls it linear TV, which is a phrase I've never heard of before, but it was said at least 500 times in this press release. So I guess that's what we're calling it now. You know what that reminds me of is when, um, when Sirius satellite radio took off, uh, all the press releases said, um, terrestrial radio is what they call normal radio. Terrestrial radio. Yeah. Aliens now. Yeah. Uh, anyways, go on. I'm sorry. 
No, yeah. So uh, um, there's a uh, not a complicated reasoning behind this, but it, it boils down to money, basically. <laughs> uh, of course. The, yeah, the reason this is happening is um, it's just going to end up getting, you know, the producers of the program more money. And, you know, that's fine. They deserve it because BoJack Horseman is a great series. I just I find this whole thing very strange because, you know, for one thing, it's going to be BoJack Horseman with commercials, which who wants that when you can have a commercial free. And for another thing, uh, a lot of episodes of BoJack Horseman are. I guess what you would call R-rated, so I'd imagine they'd have to water it down for Comedy Central. Although I guess they get away with a lot of stuff on South Park, so maybe it'll fly. But it's just—it's very weird. I can't imagine who's gonna want to watch this on Comedy Central when they can watch it, you know, commercial-free and you know, binge-worthy on uh, Netflix. But I guess you know, not everyone has Netflix. I guess some people really do still watch quote unquote linear TV, even though I don't. So maybe it will appeal to them. Why are you so anti linear TV, Chris? I don't know. <laughs> My wife and I, we have, we have the cheapest cable package. I think we have like 10 channels. We never watch any of them. We just watch Hulu and it's just the way it's, it's ended up. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm out of touch. You know what? Like, um, Netflix does release their shows on like Blu-ray. Like I think you can get Stranger Things on Blu-ray, House of Cards on Blu-ray. Uh, so maybe syndicating it on uh, some of the shows on cable isn't that much of a. I mean, it is kind of like you know getting ancillary money, but I, I don't know. It, it is very strange. Uh, I do know that some TV shows like House of Cards uh, are produced outside of, even though they're considered Netflix originals. They're produced by a company outside of Netflix and then basically sold to Netflix, uh, which is why like a show like House of Cards, they still film it in a way that it could have commercial breaks because I, I think there's some territories that it can air on TV. It's also filmed uh, for that, like, what, 48 minute or whatever block so that they could have commercials in an hour long television airing. But um I don't know. This is strange. Uh, HG, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't really. I don't really get it either. But I guess yeah, the syndication money is is good, and um, uh, yeah, I have nothing to add. I think it's it's a strange move, but I wonder if this will be the first of uh, other like syndication deals that Netflix has with other linear TV companies. Yeah, soon you'll be able to watch uh, Stranger Things season one on AMC probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This does kind of signal one thing, I think, that, um, you know, some people had expected Netflix to eventually go the Hulu model where they would offer either a cheaper or free service, limited service that would have commercials. And I would think if they're syndicating out their shows to like cable channels, that signals to that that's probably never happening. Which is probably a good thing, anyways, uh, because who likes commercials? Uh, but let's move on to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We talked about this yesterday briefly, uh, and I think uh, Ben and Chris were both under the assumption that th this series was, was going to be kind of a uh, reboot and not a remake. But uh, some people were confused, and now we have some clarification. HD, tell us about it. 
Yeah, so original reports uh, kind of gave the impression that the new Buffy the Vampire Slayer series would be a, a remake and would cast Buffy uh, Summers as a black act as a black character, as opposed to the one played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. So um, a new statement from the new showrunner Monica Owusu Breen has sort of clarified that. Uh, she said. There is only one Buffy, one Xander, one Willow, Giles, Cordelia, Oz, Tara, Kendra, Faith, Spike, Angel. They can't be replaced. Joss Whedon's brilliant and beautiful series can't be replicated. I wouldn't try to, but here we are 20 years later, and the world seems a lot scarier. So maybe it could be time to meet a new Slayer. So this gives the suggestion that the new Buffy series would actually be a sequel series and not a reboot or remake as we've been kind of calling it interchangeably uh, and the black lead uh, character in this show would be a wholly new character and not just be like a rehash of um, of Buffy Summers which I'm much more receptive to because I know when I first heard the news I thought that they were doing like a straight remake and I was very upset about that because I thought that you could tell so many more new stories in set in this world with new characters and not try to just uh, re reuse like a, a iconic white character and reframe her as a black character so i think this is what this is a really great move if this is the case it's she's still pretty oh subreen is still pretty vague on details and uh it could allow them also to sort of dive into the comic books uh that followed Buffy the Vampire Slayer's finale and kind of continues the story on and dives into all and also introduces all these other new slayers and characters who also have similar powers to Buffy. And it would also allow, as we mentioned yesterday, the possibility of having, you know, the characters like Allison Hannigan and Sarah Michelle Gellar maybe do guest appearances at yeah. some point, uh, which yeah, I, could be fun. I was talking to yeah, I was talking to Jacob about this, and he said that it would be really interesting if uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar were to return as Buffy in a sort of um, Giles type capacity as the the mentor or watcher of the new Slayer, which would be really cool. That would be cool. I I feel like she was so over Buffy when that show was ending, but her mm -hmm. career. Did not take off in ways I think she expected it to. So so maybe she'd be willing to come back to TV to, to do something like that. Yeah, uh, I think she's gained a newfound appreciation for the character. And she's definitely much more um, like welcoming to fans who are always really appreciative of her character like on the Internet. So I think she'd be down to return if this were the case. Okay, so they're trying to reboot every old TV show at this point. It seems like uh, the latest that uh, is being considered is a reboot of Frasier. Chris, what do we know? So this isn't official yet. It's just basically Kelsey Grammer is, is sort of uh, testing the waters. He's putting the idea out there along with um, CBS, and they're trying to see if anyone's going to go for it for a, a Frasier reboot. And the, the strangest thing about this reboot is unlike other recent, you know, reboots and revivals, which have kept, you know, the same cast, mostly the same creative team, like, you know, Will and Grace and Roseanne and even Twin Peaks. The idea behind this is it's going to be pretty much a total reboot where the only character carrying over is Frasier and he's going to be in a new city. And uh, that seems very stupid to me because the, you know, what made Frasier work was that ensemble and to like, you know, like, is there going to be no Niles who would want to watch that? I can't picture anyone watching that, but that's, that's the idea as of now. 
Frazier was a character that was first introduced on Cheers. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. It, it was a Cheers spinoff, but you know, he, he he took on his own a life of his own on his own series. Like I would much rather not that I'm a big fan of Cheers, even though I am from Boston, um, the setting of Cheers. Um, I would much rather see a reboot of Cheers. I, I feel like a show set in, t- in a bar in modern day and playing with, uh, you know, some of the tropes that that original series did. Uh, maybe not a, you know, sequel, a legacy equal series, but maybe a reboot would be interesting. Is that anything you, you'd want to see? Actually, I hadn't thought of that until you just mentioned it, but that actually could be interesting. I mean, you know, at the same time, I'm also tired of everything being rebooted (laughs) but that actually sounds like a kind of interesting idea i I really wonder how they would reboot cheers because it was so um if you look back on it it does not uh it it is not politically correct in any way um anyways let's move on to a story that hit after we recorded uh yesterday and that is that ryan reynolds is developing an r-rated home alone type movie called stoned alone i mean i just love that pun hd (laughs) tell us about it so um ryan reynolds is developing a stoned alone which is a stoner comedy that kind of riffs off of the classic john hughes film home alone and he may or may not be starring in it that's still unconfirmed but it'll be directed by augustine frizzle frizzle who uh, recently helmed A24 is Never Going Back, which got rave reviews from Slash Film and other uh, publications. So this is a story that is based on an idea by Fox executive Matt Riley, who I can only assume was basically just like throwing out random puns at a pitch meeting, and um, is a, a centers around a 20-something weed-growing loser who misses the plane for his holiday ski trip. Uh, and... He makes the best of things by getting high, but then when the paranoia sets in, he believes he hears someone breaks into his house. And it turns out that they have. A few thieves have have broken in, and he decides to take action and defend his castle. This sounds amazing. No? (laughs) (laughs) Like, do do you think, like, he's going to be stoned watching Home Alone and then, like, get the, like, idea that someone's breaking in? Like... Or do you think, like, it won't be connected to Home Alone whatsoever? I, I don't know. I mean, like, with the title, it's possible that that could be a sort of meta inclusion. Um, and, yeah, it's it's definitely it, – it sounds like a really dumb idea. and But it, it could be fun because uh, Augustine Frizzle has just, like, made such a big impact with her – her film Never Going Back, which was also a stoner comedy as well. So, um, yeah, it's possible they could just do like a sort of meta take on Home Alone and just have this guy who gets inspired by Home Alone and decides to, you know, engage in all of these elaborate pranks that maybe go horribly wrong because he doesn't actually know how to make like Rube Goldberg, Goldberg machines at all. Chris, is this a movie that you'd at all be interested in? No. <laughs> I kind of predicted that. Absolutely not. When I saw this, I groaned inwardly and started digging my own grave. <laughs> Chris is going to be mad when this becomes the new Hangover franchise, and it's like you know, Stoned Alone Three, Lost in Philadelphia, <laughs> or something. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, we you talked in the past about. Uh, the HBO series Deadwood potentially having a movie. It's been, you know, uh, 
not just rumored, but talked about for years. It's one of those things that like uh, we never thought was actually going to happen. But apparently it is officially happening. Chris, tell us about it. There's a there's a long and winding story about this. Uh, after HBO canceled Deadwood in 2006, uh, creator David Milch said he hoped to wrap up any lingering stories with two movies. And those movies never happened. And for years, we just all pretty much assumed, well, they're not happening. Uh, and then uh, sometime around 2016, word came that uh, scripts were being written. HBO might be interested and it might actually happen. And uh, once again, the idea just kept kicking around and nothing was really official. And uh, pretty much for the last few years now, uh, the cast have been saying, you know, there is a script. We want to do it. HBO wants to do it. We're, we think we're going to do it. And uh, most recently, um, they filed for a tax credit in California to shoot it which seemed like the most uh, full confirmation yet that it was going to happen. And the, the tax credit basically indicated they had to start shooting by fall of this year or they were going to lose that tax credit. And now HBO has finally given the official word. They've come out during the, the TCAs are going on right now. And so HBO took to the stage and said, yes, the Deadwood film is finally officially happening so uh, after all these years it's it's going to come to pass now I, i'm not a fan of deadwood i only have seen a couple episodes i'm not a big uh, western guy uh i know people absolutely love this series uh chris were, were you a big deadwood fan absolutely this is actually probably my like second favorite hbo show after the sopranos i thought it was phenomenal it's it's basically like a a Shakespearean Western. I, I I really loved it, and I'm very excited about this movie. Do, do you think it holds up? Because it was made before that kind of uh, transition into uh, serialized, uh, you know, elevated television. I mean, it holds up for me. I, I feel like someone coming to it now might be thrown off because it's very, like you said, it's very, um, it's very, it's it's, it's kind of like Mad Men in that it's a self-contained show in more that episodic every, yeah every episode is like a short story it's not like not like now where people craft their tv shows as 10 hour movies which is a terrible idea it, it's more episodic it's more self-contained and you know that might not appeal to everyone but i wish more shows would go back to that model because as this show proves as the sopranos proves as mad men proves it can be it can result in you know some of the best tv you'll ever see See, I'm a big fan of serialized television, and that gives me uh, some hesitation. But I, Deadwood is one of those gaps in my, you know, television viewing history that everybody says, like, you haven't, you know, it, they are shocked when I say I haven't watched Deadwood. So uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to uh, tr try to binge through it and uh, discover it like everybody else has. Let's move on to Jindy Tartakovsky, uh, who is the director of Hotel Tr Transylvania, and he did the early Clone Wars short films, which looks so amazing. He's been kind of like <laughs> in prison <laughs> making these Hotel Transylvania films, in my mind, because like I, I think this guy has been, you know, has so much more talents than like, you know, an Adam Sandler uh, animated franchise. But it turns out he is going to be helming an R-rated comedy for Sony. HD, tell us about it. 
Yeah, he's a really talented animator who uh, co- who created Samurai Jack for Cartoon Network, actually. And I think that is a credit to what a creative um, person he is. And yeah, he's been helming the Hotel Transylvania movies for the past, uh, the first three films. And um, that kind of became sort of his blank check for Sony because he's renewed his partnership with the studio and has signed on to direct two original feature films, one of which will be the studio's first major R-rated animated movie. So the, and one of them, that R-rated movie is not Hotel Transylvania 4, by the way. (laughs) So the two features are called Fixed, which is the R-rated comedy and Black Knight, which is an adventure film. And they're, uh, we don't really know much about those films other than the titles and the genres, but uh, Tartakovsky and Sony both seem very excited to continue their renewed partnership and um, will hopefully be maybe at the start of Tartakovsky becoming more of a household name uh, once we learn how to pronounce his name more more easily. Uh, yeah. Um, fixed is the R-rated one, you said, right? Yes. So I imagine that's about someone getting fixed or a dog getting fixed or a human getting fixed no uh, yeah that's a good leap to make i think um i don't know I, I, it's good to see that he's going to you know get some uh, all these you know hotel transylvania checks have gotten him to a point where he can uh make some original content and also um that the R-rated animated comedy is back on the rise. We had Sausage Party a couple years back. I think that was also released by Sony, even though it wasn't animated by Sony uh, Pictures Animated uh, Entertainment. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm happy about that because, you know, obviously uh, adult cartoons are something that have been big on television for some time. And it's, it's great that we're getting more of those on the big screen uh, but let's move on to our last and final story for today, and that is the cast of the Charlie's Angels reboot has been announced. Chris, you're really excited about this. Tell us about it. Uh, let me let me just preface this by saying I'm almost positive this movie will be bad, but <laughs> I, I, I am excited for it because the cast is, has been announced, and it's uh, Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Ella Balinska. Um, I'm not familiar with Ella Balinska. She's a, a UK actress. She's appeared on Midsummer Murders, which I've never actually watched. But Naomi Scott was in the Power Rangers movie, and she's in the upcoming uh, Aladdin remake. But what I'm most excited for here is Kristen Stewart because I am a big K Stew fan, and I didn't, you know, I didn't used to be. This is a somewhat new development. I was neutral really? on her. Yeah, it's not like a lifelong thing. I, I was sort of like neutral on her. I didn't hate her. I didn't have, love her. But then I saw um, uh, Personal Shopper, and her performance in that is so uh, incredible and layered and uh, really unlike anything I had really seen recently in terms of acting. And it, it kind of blew me away. So that sort of converted me to the, the Church of K-Stew. And <laughs> from there, I've just been very fascinated in her career i think she's a very interesting actress and it's very interesting that you know she's been mostly focusing on indie roles for the last few years but this is like her first return to big budget stuff i guess since that huntsman movie the the first one and of course the twilight series so i'm 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 very interested to see you know (laughs) what kristen stewart in a big budget comedy will look like See, I, I've liked uh, Kristen Stewart uh, ever since she was in um, 
There was a bunch of movies, including uh, Into the Wild. Uh, all the like indie movies she's in, she's great. It's when she's in these big Hollywood productions that I just don't, uh, I just don't care. I don't know. I I just don't think uh, she's the right fit for those normally. And to me, I don't know. I I I actually like um, Mick G's original Charlie's Angels movie. It's uh, written by John August, who is one of my favorite screenwriters. Uh, the opening scene that takes place all in one shot uh, on a plane is incredible. I just love the energy of that team and uh, the fun that that movie was. And when I think of the word fun, I don't think of Case Stu. I don't know. Like, she's usually kind of, like, brooding and, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, actually, this entire cast I don't uh, normally picture. Like, like when they were casting the original Charlie's Angels movie, you're, you're like, oh, I could see why these people fit, you know, what they're trying to go with this. Maybe it's a totally different direction uh, with this cast. And also, my other hesitation is... Uh, director Elizabeth Banks, who uh, I was a huge fan of Pitch Perfect 1, and she came in Pitch Perfect 2, and, and, and it was it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, so I'm, I don't know. I'm a little hesitant. Uh, HD, uh, are you a little bit more optimistic for this? I'm kind of on the same boat as you, I but I do have a slight more, slightly more optimistic tone because I think... Kristen Stewart has evolved as an actress and Snow White and the Huntsman was so long ago and she was very wooden in that. But she was actually quite good in um, American Ultra, which was a trash movie, but she was actually I still haven't seen that. Is that is that good? It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a it's a yeah, it's basically it's not a great movie, but she is really good in it. And she kind of plays a somewhat action hero role in the film. So I wonder if that would be like a good sort of uh, role to draw on to kind of see what she'll be like in the Charlie's angels movie. And maybe she'll be like the, the foil to the other two, maybe peppier characters. We don't really know much about um, Naomi Scott and uh, who's the other actress again, Ella Belinska that much yet, but uh, I could see Kristen Stewart being like, Sort of the uh, the more stoic one, maybe how Lucy Liu was kind of the stoic one in the McGee Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I was almost going to say that maybe they're doing a more serious take on Charlie's Angels, but I mean, with Elizabeth Banks as the director, I would think that it would be kind of a comedy of sorts because that's her, um, you know, forte. Uh, but um, I don't know. One of our uh, our freelancers, uh, Geek Girl Diva on Twitter. Uh, she she tweeted, I know we need more female-led movies, but I mean, can't someone think of another story behind, besides Charlie's Angels? It's been done. I mean, unless Charlie is the woman, maybe Angela Bassett, Bassett and uh, the, the Angels are The Rock, uh, Ryan Gosling, and I forget who else she, uh, she suggested. Uh, if you're going to reboot it, reboot it. And actually, I think her idea is fantastic. I'm trying to think of a of good way of saying this. Like, you know, I, I love how The Rock was in Jumanji and playing against his type. And I think, like, if you could put him in, like, a movie like this, a, a gender-bent Charlie's Angels would be so good. 
Um, but uh, that's not what we're getting. Uh, does anybody disagree with me and uh, Geek Girl Diva on the uh, the, the the male uh, gender swapped Charlie's Angels? Uh, <laughs> no one's with yeah, me on this one. I don't have much of an opinion about it because I was I liked the McGee Charlie's Angels. I would be happy to see a new team of Charlie's Angels too. I don't know. Yeah, I think we have plenty like male-led teams already, so I don't, I'm just kind of on the fence about that. They they even did a Charlie's Angels TV series a few years back. I think it got canceled after a few episodes. I, I watched the first episode, and it was not good. But hopefully, hopefully this is going to be a little bit better. But that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. HT, where can we find more of your work online? You can find me every day at SlashFilm.com, and I'm on Twitter at HTranBuoy. Chris, where can we find your work? I'm also at Slash Film, and I'm on Twitter at SeaEvangelista413. You can find me at Slash Film on all social media. You can find all the stories we talked about today on SlashFilm.com and linked in the show notes. Uh, this podcast, Slash Film Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, as well as SlashFilm.com. Uh, please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to Peter at SlashFilm.com. And uh, please go rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.